The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily express those held by this station or its advertisers and are strictly the opinions held by those contributing to the show. Welcome to the Eric Little High School Football Podcast, your home for news, discussion, and opinions about high school football in the Mid-Ohio Valley. And now, here's your host, Eric Little. Welcome inside the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. Again, I am the namesake. Thank you for joining us once again this week. Quarterfinal action last week in the West Virginia State High School Football Playoffs. Let's start with a team from the Mid-Ohio Valley that's moving on. Williamstown is in the semifinals once again. A strong defensive effort in the second half out of the Yellow Jackets. Second week in a row they've done that, by the way. Their running game helped them grind out a win over Mount View. They got touchdowns from Ty Moore and Donathan Taylor on the ground to help spur a 23-12 win against Mount View. The Yellow Jackets outscored Mountain View 13-6 in the second half. They also got turnovers. Jonathan Taylor came over with an interception. Leewood Melissa had a strip sack to knock the ball loose. And good work from Boston Carruthers, the field goal kicker. Three field goals in a single game. I read this week that was a playoff record in West Virginia. Several others had two. No one had three until Boston Carruthers did that over the weekend. Not a bad week for Carruthers, by the way. He was named the Class A First Team All-State Soccer Team this week because he does double duty. So Carruthers wins first. First team All-State Honors in soccer, and then sets a playoff record in high school football. Not bad work from the Williamstown seniors. So they win 23-12 on the road against Mountain View. They'll go on the road again this week to play Midland Trail at Greenbrier East High School. Second straight week, by the way, that they go on the road and at a neutral site because, again, they're playing Mountain View at Princeton. They get a neutral site instead of playing at a small Southern West Virginia school, and they get to play on turf because neither one of those schools has turf of their own volition. So Mountain View using the turf at Princeton. It was good for them in the first round wasn't good for them against Williamstown in the second, and we'll see if Midland Trail has any success on the Greenbrier East turf this week as they take on Williamstown. Much more on that game later on. PHS hung with Martinsburg, and they scored on Martinsburg. The first of seven West Virginia teams that Martinsburg's played that's actually scored a touchdown on them, but PHS couldn't prevail late. A 49-20 win for Martinsburg. Solid second season from PHS head coach Mike Bias, though, because this is a team that overcame a lot of injuries and some adversity to get to the quarterfinal run. You looked at this team maybe in the middle of July, and there was a legitimate chance and a real chance that this is a top four team in the state. Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. It didn't start with Brenton Strange. He had a hamstring injury in his last scrimmage, but certainly that was the headliner of, of all the injuries they had. At one point, they were without running back Shane Miller, who proved to be vital in the back half of the season. He missed the first four games. A lineman went down. I know Dylan Shaver was hurt in the Morgantown game, so they were the walking wounded for a little while. They got off to a slow start because of that, but by was able to rally them together. You know, Tyler Mahler never really healthy for a lot of his senior year because of an injury that he played through. A tough senior quarterback in Jake Johnson, and he may be the hardest of all to replace next year, other than, of course, Brenton Strange is going to go play for Penn State. But still, for all that Mike Bias had to overcome in his second season, he pulled that group together, and they pulled it all together against a team that I had one person tell me was unbeatable, and I've heard others say very similar things. Uh, the touchdowns, by the way, for Parkersburg come from... Uh, a couple Jake Johnson passes, one to Brenton Strange and the other to Keontae Peacock. And then it was Shane Miller with a touchdown run in the first half. But PHS was down just 21-7 going into the locker room at halftime. They had a chance to pull within seven at the break, but were stuffed on fourth and short inside the 
yard line before Martinsburg ran away with things somewhat in the second half. But again, give credit to Mike Bias's squad. They didn't fumble the ball away. They did throw one interception, so the turnover battle was even Steven as Martinsburg lost a fumble in the game. But you can't lose the turnover battle. You have to create some big plays, get a takeaway or two, and you have to take advantage of the other team's mistakes. PHS did some of that against Martinsburg, couldn't do all of it, but still a really fine season. And it's tough to look at a team that went to the quarterfinals and wonder what could have been, but I think this is a PHS team that if you're a Big Reds fan or if you're just someone that follows PHS, you really have to wonder. And that's why this one probably hurts a little bit more. You really have to wonder what could have been if this group had been able to stay healthy. It's a shame they didn't because even if you're a neutral football fan, I think you have to wonder that because this team would have been a lot of fun to watch had they been able to get the full octane all season. They never really were, but they still had plenty of success and nothing to shake a stick at on the way there. Magnolia bows out of the playoffs are unable to win twice in three weeks against Wheeling Central. They led that game at one point. I think that's important to note. And then ultimately Wheeling Central proved too powerful late. So you have to hand it to Dave Chapman's squad. A talented group. A group that was led by quarterback Patrick Morandi. They had the senior leadership that they needed. Unfortunately Wheeling Central had a little bit more talent and a 40-19 to win against the Blue Eagles. But a respectable run for a 9 seed to get to the state quarterfinals. And at one point in that state quarterfinal they had the lead. And you know, if you got the lead in a state quarterfinal you never know what's going to happen. Anything going to happen. They had confidence going in and unfortunately they're not able to make it work so PHS and Magnolia out. They're done for the season and from the middle half valley it's just Williamstown left. Really to be honest there's not too many teams left. Just 12 left in all of West Virginia as we head into the semifinal week of the West Virginia High School Football Playoffs. Depth Chart is the home for Wood County's most in-depth high school sports coverage. Depth Chart goes beyond the game with features that promote the student-athlete throughout the county. The Depth Chart website covers all six Wood County public and private high schools at DepthChartWC.com. Founder and journalist Kerry Patrick is experienced and has covered the Valley for more than a decade. To find out more or to check out six- or 12-month subscription rates, go online to DepthChartWC.com, like Depth Chart on Facebook, or follow on Twitter at DepthChartWC. Depth Chart, subscription-based online sports coverage that keeps you in the know about the schools you care about. Stay connected with us on Facebook. Like our page, the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. While you're there, answer our weekly poll question and feel free to share your comments or questions. Eric will get to those on a future edition of the show. Let's take a look at this week's poll question, and this was one of my favorite ones because I was really interested to see the responses in this. Is it better to get in as a low seed or not to get into the playoffs at all? Is it better to make the playoffs as a low seed, and I had in parentheses 15 or 16, than to not make it at all? You know, before you say, well, of course, everyone wants to make the playoffs, consider this. There are sometimes teams that have low seeds that are absolutely beat up and decimated coming into the playoffs, and they're outmatched, and they don't have anybody healthy that's going to help them win the football game. They might have the numbers, but anybody that would help them have a chance in that football game might not be healthy. Plus, there are some teams where dissent gets into the ranks, and it's a tough season on coaches and staff, and there are valid reasons, I think, to be a winning team, but to want your season to be over. And I understand that. I'm not saying I buy into that necessarily, but I understand that, and I'm just putting it out there for people that need to consider that along with the other reasons. Of course, if you make it, uh, there's a lot of benefits that come from it. Your kids get the chance to play in the postseason. Your community can say you're a player 
playoff team. Uh, your boosters and, and the school could rally around you an extra week or two. And, and there's playoff fever in your town. Of course, that's extra practice time for those that get in as well. And that's what a lot of people said in this. This poll had 31 votes, by the way. And uh, I said, yes, it's better to make the playoffs or no, it's not worth the trouble. And yes, print the t-shirts is actually what I said. That is what won with 94% of the vote. 94% out of those 31 votes say it's better to make the playoffs versus just 6%. And it's interesting to hear the, the responses. I'm going to read these. Craig Dutton says, oh yes, print the shirts. You and I saw that last week with Tyler Consolidated. They played a great ball game and lost to Central Catholic. Games like that can be used to motivate more athletes to come out or get in the weight room in the offseason. I think you're right. I did that game with Craig Dutton, the Tyler Consolidated Wheeling Central game, and I really thought that Tyler played inspired football in a game where they knew they were outmatched. They knew that Wheeling Central was a one seed, and they're a one seed for a good reason. It wasn't the Tyler Consolidated wasn't a good team, and they had maybe the best player on the field in Mark Rucker, to be quite honest, or one of the three or four best players on the field at the very least. But Wheeling Central just had too many big, strong, and fast people in too many different places for Tyler Consolidated to hang in that game. But Tyler had it to a three-score game in the fourth quarter. So they weren't completely out of the game until very late in that contest. So absolutely. Butch Mounts, of course, says depends where you have to travel. I hear you there. There's a lot of places that you just don't envy anybody that has to make that trip this time of year. Michael Wolf says absolutely, especially if your schedule's tough. That's a good call. It's a nice reward for having a tough schedule to get into the playoffs and, you know, maybe you get those sleeping giants that are down there at 7-3 and three and 6-4 and four with a 12-16 through 16 seed and occasionally they're able to step up and, and knock somebody off that's a higher ranked team. Michael Minnick says an extra week of practice is really important too when you're trying to build a program and I think that's where uh, you see this as the most valuable. When you're into the playoffs in the first couple years of being a playoff team when you're trying to grow as a program, uh, an extra week or two of practice and then just that experience of getting to the playoffs and you can use that to rally the troops and to get more support back in the hallways and maybe get more people come out for your program. Uh, that's what Chad Williams did to help build East Hardy up. They got into the playoffs for the first time. They were 6-4 and four and a 16 seed and he still had the same swagger and the same confidence as he had when he was a one seed a few years later. That program built up and that's how they did it. You know, you start making the playoffs a habit, then you're practicing an extra week, two weeks, three weeks, maybe even up to a month and that's key reps and valuable reps that your players are getting. It's good experience they're getting. They get the experience of playing in playoff games. What's not to love about that and what's not to love about giving those underclassmen a taste of playoff football. So, you know, this is what you have to work toward to try to get back here next year. Parker Beard says, as long as you make the playoffs, it's a new season and anything can happen. Very, very valid point. You reset the season, you wipe the slate clean, you start back at zero. Brandon Gregory, who is an assistant coach on Tyler Consolidated staff this year under Ryan Walton, says the reps are invaluable as someone who would know firsthand. Thank you, Brandon. Finally, I got a really hand to this one because this hit me in the feels a little bit. My brother, Andrew, and I, <laughs> he, he may never have listened to this show. He may have listened to every episode. He's not mentioned to me, but he said, my senior year, we finished the season 17th. I never got to play in the playoffs. Yes, it would be better to make the playoffs. That hit me hard because there are a lot of people, I think, and, and that just shows you right there. My brother's in his 30s now. He's got a wife and a daughter and a house of his own, and his high school playing days are far behind him, a fond memory, but far behind him. Reading that, I could tell exactly what a playoff appearance would have meant to him, and he's almost 15 years removed from it. But even just to say you were in the playoffs, you got to suit up one more time with your brothers. You got to 
experience what that felt like all week at school, you know, knowing there was an extra buzz in the air and some extra excitement. Because, again, my brother played for St. Mary's right before they built to where they got into the playoffs. He graduated in spring of 2005. That fall, the first year that he wasn't there, they were in the playoffs, and that started a run where I think this is only the second time since then that they've missed the playoffs this, this season. Maybe another one. So it's either two or three years since 05 that St. Mary's has been in the playoffs every year. But my brother was just getting into the program when Jody Moat was taking over and building that back up. Uh, my brother graduated in Jody's second year at St. Mary's, and he was a playoff contender and had St. Mary's in the playoffs by the third year. So Andrew could tell that that program was building, but they weren't quite there yet. And, and that's why these long rebuilds are tough on coaches, because they see the kids that put in the work, and sometimes that's the seniors that don't get as much out of it as some of the younger kids will. They're laying the foundation, and though the coaches can tell them that that's a valuable piece, and it is, I'm not not knocking that. It's awfully tough to sell that to young men when you know that there's probably not going to be the kind of payoff that those who come after them will receive. And that's one of the biggest cruelties and things that's unfair about high school football is that a lot of times, you know, the the ones that share the success are standing on the shoulders of some people that had just as much to do with that success as anybody. But again, even for these teams that are overmatched, even for these teams that come in and know that they're a vast underdog, I don't think we can underscore what that means to to the student-athlete, to get into the locker room, to walk out on the field, to know that you're walking into a playoff game. It's just different. I broadcast playoff games, and for a broadcaster, it's just different. There's a different feel to it that you cannot replicate. You can't get anywhere else. So, Andrew, I feel for you. Thank you for answering that. And and I got to say, I agree with your answer probably more than anything else that I could have said, uh, other than the reps, because that's, of course, the practical way to, to put it. But for those seniors that may have never made it there, for some of the younger kids that may never make it back, the chance to play in the playoffs is one that years later you remember. Six games on the docket this week in West Virginia High School football, the state semifinals. A few years ago, the SSAC opened up a fourth slot this weekend because no one's in school Friday after Thanksgiving. In addition to the usual Friday 7.30, Saturday 1.30, Saturday 7.30 slots, there's also a Friday 1.30 slot. It had never been taken before. I thought it had been taken once, but I read somewhere where it had never been taken before. But this year, three games are going to be played on Friday at 1.30, including the entirety of the class AAA semifinals. Martinsburg will host Musselman. That's a rematch of a regular season game. Martinsburg absolutely cleaned Musselman's clock, and I don't know if I expect them to do the same, but I expect Martinsburg to get by Musselman without a lot of trouble. Number two, Spring Valley also hosts number three, Capital, in what may be a little bit more of an evenly matched game, but I'm going to give the edge to Spring Valley because they've been a little bit more consistent this year. In Class AA, the other Friday 1.30 game in the state is number two, Bluefield at number three, Bridgeport, and then Saturday at 1.30 is number one, Fairmont Senior at number 12, Weir. Fairmont Senior's been very dominant but Weir put up a lot of points last week, and that's nothing to be, and that's nothing to overlook. However, Fairmont Senior is head and shoulders right now the best in class AA. Bluefield's going to try to challenge that, but they'll have to deal with Bridgeport out of North Central West Virginia. Bridgeport's going to go on the road and give them a good game. I just think Bluefield is going to win this game. I don't, I don't see it happening by more than two touchdowns. I think it'll be respectable, but I think Bluefield wins and advances to face Fairmont Senior on Wheeling Island in the class AA title game. The class A semifinals will all be conducted Friday night. These are the only two Friday 
Friday night games in the state this week. Wheeling Central Catholic will host number four Doddridge County. That's a 7.30 kick. Central has not been able to host a home game yet in the playoffs. They've hosted at Brook High School. Their field at Wheeling Jesuit has not been available because of the Mountain East Conference Volleyball Tournament and the Division II Volleyball Tournament, respectively, the Regional Volleyball Tournament. So that's kind of shut down the Jesuit campus to a whole lot else. But Central's finally able to host a uh, true home game in the playoffs. They'll do so Friday as they take on Doddridge County. Big chance for Hunter America and that Doddridge County Bulldogs team to prove that, of course, they're more than just one player, but they got a pretty darn good player in Hunter America. Can one pretty darn good player beat a team of a lot of good players? We'll see on Friday. And number six, Williamstown's going to go on the road to play number two, Midland Trail at Greenbrier East High School. That's Friday at 7.30. What I find interesting about these Class A matchups is you've got two teams that are looking for respect. Doddridge County, as a four seed, is probably not as well respected as they ought to be. They're 12-0, and and they come in as a four seed because they haven't played the toughest schedule in the world. Only a couple of the teams they've played made the playoffs this year. You look at their schedule, Tyler Consolidated, Ritchie County, and Williamstown are the only three teams that Doddridge County played in the regular season that made it to the playoffs this year. And that's more than Midland Trail has. Midland Trail's not played a very tough schedule either. Midland Trail is a two seed this year. You have to go all the way until October 26th in week 10 when they played their first playoff-worthy team. They defeated Oak Hill 26-20. Oak Hill went to the playoffs this year, but 20 points by Oak Hill is the most that anybody has scored against Midland Trail this year. But of the 10 regular season games, they went until their ninth game of the year in week 10 before they played anybody that is a playoff team. Of course, they played Fayetteville, who just lost out on a chance to go to the playoffs in the last week of the year. So Midland Trail and Doddridge County both have things to prove for some different reasons. And they go up against two teams that, quite frankly, everyone expects to be there anyway. There are a lot of people that saw that Wheeling Central-Williamstown matchup in week one of the season on the first Thursday night of the year and thought, well, this is probably going to be who shakes out of this and goes to Wheeling Island Stadium. Well, I was one of those people, and I still think that, to be quite honest. No disrespect to what Bobby Burnside has done at Doddridge County. I think he's done a tremendous job over there. Hunter America has had a tremendous season. I know Tanner Lett, their quarterback, has stepped up and played a bigger role in that offense, particularly when America missed their regular season finale. But Wheeling Central's just got too many people in too many places, and they're coached by Mike Young, who he's in the top five of best current high school football coaches in the state. And oddly enough, when you look at this, many of the guys that you'd put up there are currently playing and, and currently have teams playing, because you have to put Terry Smith on that list. He's in there with Williamstown, and we'll get to them in a minute. You'd have to put Dave Walker and Martinsburg up there. He's somebody that's built that program to colossal heights. Fred Simon and Bluefield's on the list, and, and I think Nick Bardick is a younger entrant on this list at Fairmont Senior. The things he's done at Fairmont Senior are tremendous. You know, for someone who's in his early 30s and hasn't coached there a long time, he has built that program the right way, and they've had so much talent come through. And so they're doing things the right way as well. So again, so many of these guys that are amongst the top five are playing now. The guys that you'd put in the top five are the best high school football coaches currently in West Virginia. They're playing this weekend, and that's why. So, And that's no disrespect to Burnside. That's no disrespect to what Doddridge County has done this year. But a guy like Mike Young's won this multiple times. He knows how to get through a tournament. He knows how to get the most out of a team at this time of the year. I think it's going to be competitive. Doddridge County may lead that game at one point. This game will be on turf, by the way, as will the other semifinal. So it's not like sloppy conditions will benefit Doddridge County because America can be a mutter. But Wheeling Central's just got too much and too many different ways to score and different weapons that if one's not working, let's find someone else or something else. That's going to be the difference in this game. Williamstown, I think, will go on the road and beat Midland Trail at Greenbrier East High School. Uh, They haven't won pretty 
in the playoffs. To be quite honest, they were leading by just one at halftime against Summers County in the opener. They turned a 10-6 halftime lead last week into a 23-12 win against Mount View. But that Yellow Jacket offense is capable. They've not really hit on all cylinders in the playoffs the way that you would like them to if you're a Williamstown fan. But I think if they can get past Midland Trail, and I think they will on the turf at Greenbrier East High School, then I like their chances against Wheeling Central to the very least give Wheeling Central a game. That's not going to be anything like what we saw to these two schools in week one where Wheeling Central proved they were the best team in the state. And if Williamstown had a couple plays go their way, maybe they're in that game. That's not what happened. We're going to see a much, much better game between Central and Williamstown in the finals this year if they make it that far. But that's my call. So again, I got Wheeling Central and Williamstown coming out of Class A, Fairmont Senior and Bluefield in Double A, and Martinsburg and Spring Valley in Triple A. I know in two out of three classes, that's a one versus two matchup. But again, this is one of those years where, for the most part, the top two teams are definitively the top couple teams in those classifications. Our poll question this week, I think, is a good one. When setting a time and date for your team's playoff game, how much should you take other events into account? These are things like deer season, WVU or Marshall schedules, etc. How much should you take other things into account? The options for this poll are, should be a major concern, should be zero concern. And the reason I asked the poll this week is that there are three games that are scheduled for Friday, but at 1.30 p.m. Friday. Of the six games this weekend, three are Friday at 1.30 p.m., two are Friday at 7.30 p.m., and only one Saturday at 1.30 p.m. That's not usually the way that goes. I know teams usually try to align their game with their classifications championship game, which in this case is AA Friday night, Class AAA Saturday afternoon, and Class A Saturday night. But with three Friday afternoon games, kind of makes you wonder if teams aren't just taking advantage of the day after Thanksgiving and that being a holiday for people, wanting to play when it's a little warmer, which I don't consider an external factor like deer season or WVU football, but it is a consideration if you'd rather play on Friday, but you'd still rather get used to playing in the daylight. So again, there's a lot of things to weigh in on. How much should external factors be a part of that decision? I'm interested to hear some of the responses to that. So again, go on our Facebook page, the Eric Little High School Football Podcast, like the page and comment on that, and we'll be glad to get your thoughts out there for this week because I really think that's going to bring some interesting discussion out and about. Our games of the week this week, the ones that I'm keeping an eye on that I think will be the best week, how about Williamstown and Midland Trail? Because I think Williamstown goes on the road to pull the upset. Midland Trail has never been to the Super 6. I think it'll be interesting to see if they can do that. Doddridge County and Wheeling Central. Doddridge County looking to prove they belong at the top of the heap. And Bridgeport-Bluefield, because Bluefield has been a dominant program all year long, and, and this is one of the better Bluefield teams from what people have said in recent years. And that's a team that won the state championship last year over Fairmont Senior. We'll see if Freddie Simons Club can get back there this year. But Bridgeport, you know, is going to give them a tough game. That's a perennially tough program, and that's not going to be a walk in the park either. So those are the three of the six that I'm looking at this week. Don't forget you can subscribe and download us on iTunes. You can listen on SoundCloud as well. We have new episodes that drop every Wednesday and they'll continue to do so until after the Super 6. Thank you for joining us on the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. My name of course is Eric Little. I'll talk to you next week and until then enjoy the football this weekend and have a happy Thanksgiving everybody. This has been the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and vote in our weekly poll. Come back next week for another new episode, and thanks for listening.